0: Let's have a word of prayer as we begin. Heavenly Father, we just thank you that we can be here and it's uh, really good. It's just so good to be back. But uh, we just thank you that you're with us always. But Lord, as we meet together as a group of believers, we just thank you for this time that we can worship together and we worship you. And just as we sang that song, it is you, we adore It's all about you. And as we go through this series on worshiping you, I just pray that we can Uh, maybe become better at it and really give you our heartfelt worship. But Lord, we ask right now that your word speaks to us. And and again, we just thank you so much for the privilege of being here together. And Lord, we lift up our community to you. We lift up uh, those who are unable to be here today. We pray for those who are watching online. We just ask that you'll be with them as well. But Lord, more than anything else, we just give you the praise and glory. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So... Last week we started a series on on worship. I said about three, it'll probably be about three sermons. So we're right in the middle part. But last week we talked about some of the roadblocks that hinder our worship, and so today we're going to talk about what are some of the benefits of worshiping God. And uh, really, for for centuries, being a worshiper of God meant uh, meant that I needed to offer the right sacrifices. I needed to follow the right set of rules. I need to do it on a certain time of the day or week or I needed to be in the right place in order to, to worship in the right way. And last week we, we talked a little bit about the story of the woman at the well and we're going to use that story again today. But if you remember that story, Jesus is trying to tell this Samaritan woman about living water. And... As he's talking to her, Jesus, in a sense, knows her life because he's God, and he's pointing out all of the things in her life that probably were not going right, all of the different mistakes that she has made. And as he's telling her this, if you remember what she does, she does the things that we often do when things get uncomfortable, change the subject. So she says, she asked Jesus, what about this worship thing? Where do you think we should worship? She says her people the Samaritans worship over here but the Jews say we got to worship in Jerusalem and she asks Jesus what do you think? And Jesus answers her and he says that a time is coming when people will be able to worship wherever they want however they want as long as they worship in spirit and in truth and I think one of the greatest problems that we have today in the area of worship is probably the same problems that humans have had throughout all the different centuries because we tend to as humans make worship mechanical and Sometimes we think we've got to have a, a certain type of building. Obviously, we don't have that here because you never know what it's going to be set up like the next week, right? Um, we think maybe we have to have a certain order of service. Well, that's changing too for us because uh, we can't do bulletins right now. Um, but we think worship songs, maybe that we, they should have a certain tempo. They should be a certain style. Uh, We think that in order to encounter God, we must approach Him in a certain time or in a certain position or, or how is it that I'm supposed to pray? But you see, God is not limited by our limited concepts. He says that He wants us to worship Him in spirit and in truth. Now, how many of you ever did something wrong when you were a kid? Now, I remember... Probably the one time that I did something wrong as a kid. Um, But when I did something wrong, my parents would say, now you have to go and apologize. Do you remember that? How many parents have told their kids that? Okay. But there were times I know I had done wrong, but I did not want to apologize. So I would say the right words, I am sorry, but I really wasn't. I wasn't sorry one little bit. I just didn't want to get a spank when I got home. So the words were there, I was not sincere. My parents wanted a sincere apology, but I didn't give it. The words that I said were the right words. But my heart was as far as the east is from the west. So there was an apology, but no sincerity. And so it kind of reminds me of a passage that Jesus quotes from the Old Testament, but he says it in Mark in chapter 7. He says, this people honor me with their lips, but their heart is far from me, and in vain they worship me. You see, God would rather have a heartfelt worship than some kind of routine ritual. And many times because we get caught up in the methodology today, we sometimes face the same problems that the worshipers down throughout the centuries have faced. We get stale in our worship to God. We come to worship, but we're not changed. We come to worship and we're not challenged. We come to worship, but we don't really have an encounter with God. Worship has become more of a a liturgy than any kind of experience. So Jesus has told us that He has come to give us life. But we must encounter Him in a way that is pleasing to Him. And so we've got to find Him. We must touch Him. We must worship Him. And so, if you have your Bibles, and you turn to John chapter 4, very familiar, we read it last week. Starting with verse 23. John chapter 4, it says, But an hour is coming, and now is, when the true worshippers shall worship the Father in spirit and truth. For such people the Father seeks to be His worshipers. God is spirit, and those who worship Him must worship in spirit and truth. So this verse from John is talking about a true encounter of worship it's talking about a continuous attitude of worship so we've got to worship God in spirit and truth we need to be grateful for the good things so I'm going to give you three benefits of worship today so if you're sleeping wake up just get three points but I have to say this is this is a lot better with people here I I could probably count the screw holes in those things from all the times I stared at that wall back there. But anyway, so the first thing that we've got to look at is worship gets our focus on God. We need to worship. We need to be grateful to God. We need to enjoy and we need to express our gratitude to God. We need to express that God is worthy of our praise. God is worthy of our attention. God is worthy of our time. You see, when good things happen to us, we need to be thankful to God who gives us the good things. But you know when bad things happen, we need to come to Him and acknowledge Him to realize He can take care of our problems. Look at what it says in the book of James, in James chapter 1. It says, Every good gift and every perfect gift is from above and comes down from the Father of lights with whom there is no variation or shadow of turning. Now, if you look at that verse, look where the focus is in this verse. It's on the Father of lights with whom there is no shadow. That's a song of praise, that's a song of worship. My Heavenly Father has no darkness. My Father has no deceit. My Father has no alternative motives. God is pure love. He's pure light. He's pure mercy. He gives me grace. He gives me forgiveness. He gives me love. He gives me every good and perfect gift that I've ever received. So it should make us say, wow, praise God. That's exciting. Makes you want to worship Him. So when we come into the presence of God, we look at what God has given us, but when we realize all that He's doing in our lives, we can't help but just praise Him. We cannot help but worship Him. Now maybe you've heard this story before, but it's about Grandma's peanut butter, peanut brittle. And it says, Grandma makes blue ribbon peanut brittle for the county fair. She knows you love her peanut brittle, so she gives you some. Now, she may grin and chuckle to her friends if you hide it and sneak one piece at a time and eat it by yourself. She's your grandma. She overlooks your hoarding of the peanut brittle. She's thankful that you like her candy. But if you take the peanut brittle to work and you share it with all your friends, she becomes an instant celebrity. If your friends ever see your grandma, they will never fail to mention her peanut brittle. Think how that makes her feel when she calls her friends. Oh, they've taken my peanut brittle to work and now they all want me to make some for them. It's not a complaint. It's a compliment. It's a praise. In a sense, that's worship. You see, God loves it when we acknowledge all the good things He has given us. He likes it even more when we are able to share it with the people around us. So we should focus in on what God has done for us, how He has forgiven us, how He has changed us, how He sustains us. We should be grateful to Him. We should praise Him. We should tell our friends about Him. That's worship. Now, if you're getting down in the dumps a little bit, start considering the things that God has done for you. Start thanking Him for the blessings that He has given to you. Because that's praise and that's part of worship. But we've got to focus on Him. we got to praise Him because worship places our focus on God. Now, the second benefit is worship increases our understanding of God. Alexander White, who was a, a Scottish preacher from a long time ago, he always began his prayers with an expression of gratitude, no matter what was going on. So no matter what was happening around them or to them or whatever, he began his prayers with word of, words of praise. Well, they came to church one day and it was a very cold, miserable day. It had been a terrible week weather-wise. And his congregation sat there in anticipation of how, what is he going to say today in his prayer. And he got up to pray and he said, we thank Thee, O Lord, that the weather is not always like this. You see, I'm also thankful that God is able to change the weather. He was. So if you think about our lives, when a storm is raging in our life, think about it as Jesus is in the boat with you and He's sleeping. What happens? The storm's raging. We're tossed here and there. But He is, you know, we get to the point where We think we're going to be thrown overboard or the whole ship is going to collapse and we're going to drown. Jesus is calmly sleeping in the boat with you. And He awakes. He comes. He changes things. Remember the story where He calmed the sea just like that. So even when storms of life are raging in our lives, realize Jesus is right there with you. And He's able to calm the storms. Now, last this past week, I looked up a couple verses that speak about God, what God is able to do. And in 2 Corinthians 9.8, it says, And God is able to make every grace flow, overflow to you, so that in every way, always having everything you need, you may excel in every good work. So I'm thankful that God is able to make all grace abound towards me. Do you realize he gives us so much grace in our lives that it overflows? The next verse is a verse talking about Abraham, and it's out of Hebrews, and it says in Hebrews eleven nineteen, it says he, talking about Abraham, considered God to be able even to raise someone from the dead. And we probably know the story of Abraham pretty well. How God had promised Abraham that he would be the father of a great nation. That Abraham prayed to God for a child, and for many, many years, they did not have a child. And then later in life, God was able to give him and Sarah a child, a little boy, whom they named. Really? Starts with an I, and has an S and two A's and a C. Uh, Isaac, I would say, but that would just be me. And what a glorious celebration it must have been for them to have a son. A glorious time of praise. And you can almost hear Abraham saying, thank you God that you made it possible that I could have a child, a son, even in my old age. And you think of the praise of God that went on from Abraham. But then you know what happened. God asks Abraham to sacrifice that son whose name was... Okay, very good. "...to take him up to the mountain, to lay him on the altar, to sacrifice him to the Lord, and Abraham was obedient, and Abraham was faithful." Abraham did what was asked of him. He took the knife to kill his son, and just as he was about to kill him, God intervenes. And God provides a ram in a thicket. God provided the sacrifice. But here's the truth that I think we often miss in this story. It says Abraham believed that God was able. That God was able to allow Abraham and Sarah to have a child in their old age. That God was able to provide a sacrifice in place of Isaac. He even believed that God was able even to raise the dead. Because Abraham believed that if Isaac had been killed, God could have brought him back to life. So you see, when we begin praising God, it builds our understanding of God just a little bit more. So we need to praise God for what He's done for you. and we need to understand that God is able. So praise God what He will do for you. Understand that God is able, Now, we sang a song that's probably familiar to all of us. In fact, we sing it every Sunday. Usually we do it during the offering time. And it's what? Praise God from what? See, we're going to do it without words. How about that? How's it go? Praise God from whom all blessings flow. Which here below from above you heavenly hosts, praise Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. And the Amen. The third thing, the third benefit, worship helps build our confidence in God. Listen to Exodus 15-2. It's really a, a song of praise and worship from Moses. And it says, God is my strength, God is my song, and yes, God is my salvation. This is the kind of God I have, and I'm telling the world, This is the God of my Father. I'm spreading the news far and wide. Well, that's not out of the King James. That's out of the message. But here's a man who's speaking in confidence. He doesn't say that that God might possibly be my strength. He doesn't say that God might possibly be my song. He doesn't say that, that God possibly could be my salvation. He says that God is. God is my strength. God is my song. God is my salvation. And why shouldn't Moses express his confidence in God? I mean, he's already seen what God is capable of. He saw how God was able to take that chosen people and get them out of slavery. Or look what the prophet Joel says in Joel chapter 2. He says, You will have plenty to eat and be satisfied. You will praise the name of Yahweh your God who has dealt wondrously with you. My people will never again be put to shame. So in the book of Joel, Joel says, You will. Not that you might. Not that you may. But you will. Joel is speaking in confidence. You will have plenty to eat. You will be satisfied. So you see, God can open doors that we think are shut. God can turn our circumstances and our situations upside down. That's how God works. There's a story of a man, and and I've I think I probably even told this story before, but since you didn't know the name Isaac, I figure I can repeat things. It won't matter. But his name was George Mueller, and he founded several orphanages back in the uh, early 1900s, and. He saw the power of God work in his orphanage day after day. He had many orphanages and he cared for over 2,000 children. And one night, Mueller was informed that the supply of food was gone. They were out of food at the orphanage. The next morning, as the kids got up, he joined the children for breakfast. He put a bowl and a plate and a glass at each of the several hundred children that were there. They were all empty. And Mueller asked the children to bow their heads as he would pray. And as he prayed, his words included, Father, we thank Thee for what Thou art going to give us to eat. And then he ended his prayer. And as soon as he ended the prayer, there was a knock at the door. And here was a baker standing there and said, you know what, I couldn't sleep last night. And it was like the Lord said you might need some bread, so I got up at two this morning and baked some fresh bread. Could you use it? So he thanked the baker. He gives a prayer of thanksgiving to thank you for our daily bread. And a few minutes later, another knock was at the door. And this time it was a milkman. He said, I was coming down the street and my cart broke. And he said, I have all these bottles of milk and I I don't want them to go to waste. Can you use them? He even asked him, could you take it off my hands? George Mueller knew that if he would turn over all of his problems to the Lord and give it to him, that the Lord would take care of all these children in the orphanage. And I think there's a lesson in this for all of us, that when we turn over to the Lord, everything that we have, all of our resources, all that that He has given us, He will use those resources to further His kingdom in ways that we cannot even begin to understand. God can do great things. God is able. God is big enough. Our passage of scripture, an hour is coming, and now is, when the true worshippers shall worship the Father in spirit and truth. For such people the Father seeks to be his worshippers. God is spirit, and those who worship him must worship in spirit and truth. I guess part of the goal out of this is, in my own life, I'm hopefully beginning a little bit more to know what worship is, and experience a little bit more of how God's working in my life. And I'm just sharing this with you because I think we're all going to be enriched if we will just allow God to take control of our lives and we praise Him and worship Him like we've never done before. And I think even our impact on the community will be much stronger when the community looks at these people at the church here and go, man, they sure love God. That's what I think God wants us to be. But we need to live our lives realizing that it's not if God, but it's God is able. No matter what your situation you're going through, God is able and turn it over to Him. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, this morning we thank You for Your Word and and Lord, I do just pray that we can turn over our whole life to You. Many times we get so overwhelmed with things that are going on in the world and in our own lives and we feel all alone and we get depressed and, and we, we just feel that you're distant. And Lord, I just pray that we can turn it around by giving our lives totally to you. And Lord, I just pray, first of all, if there's anyone here that does not know you, I just pray right even where they're sitting, they will ask you to, into their heart and life. But Lord, I just pray that we can just become a people who worship you all the time, every day, 24-7. And Lord, I thank You that You give us the opportunity to know You and that You love us and that You've given us so much in Your mercy and grace and I thank You that You are able to work in our lives and I just pray that we submit ourselves to You. And this we pray in Jesus' name, Amen.